Hello and welcome to this episode of Read Play Game. Uh, I am Limestone Enlow, and I was the rules lawyer and also creatively contributed a little bit. <laughs> I'm Emma Skaggs. I played this uh, session. I'm Anish Pitamaraju, and I made a bunch of cool characters. I'm Tori Jewell, and I gave all of my cards to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michael Sparks, and I... Sparks something, I don't know. Oh yeah, because yeah, Sparks. Michael Sparks, yeah, he named himself after the game. Love the game so much. Exactly. So this is the our play episode for the uh, for Single Unique Power by Tyler Crumrine. Uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the game after we played it. Uh, usually we do it right after, but we, we had a little bit of time between uh, recording that and now. So our thoughts are still fresh, but uh, to jump in, anyone have any immediate things they wanna say? Immediately? Um, I'm, I'm so captivated by the final words of the game once it's complete. Um, it says, with that, your game is complete. Save your cards as artifacts of play, use characters or settings in other stories, or throw them away and start fresh the next time. Which is so cool, right? This game is like a dream for people who write like 10-page backstories for their characters before they start playing the game. Um, especially in cool settings that are as like anime influenced or like superhero uh, influenced as as this sort of game. Um, I, I just find it fascinating that the game is so focused on creating characters and giving you a place to jumpstart from then. And it's unapologetic in its purpose. It's not... It's not trying to create anything more than that. It's so simple and easy to jump into. Yeah. And it's cool with games like this and the ground itself where the game is the creation. Like it really strips it down to the bare essentials of RPGs where, I mean, with, with there's there's mechanics in them and there's mechanics in other kinds of RPGs, you know, even the, like, sometimes there's a lot more mechanics in RPGs, but um, underneath it all, is just creating. Okay, so I didn't play the ground itself, but I did listen to y'all play the ground itself. And for me, and this might have been because I didn't play the ground itself, I want to play a game in this world a little bit more than I would want to explore the ground itself world, purely because I think the ground itself, you experience that world, you are that mm -hmm. world, so you answer more questions. And I think that this game leaves more questions open at the end. Like the fact that you end on character ties, like that you end on factions, it immediately sets you up for like, okay, and where could this go? And you don't answer that question in the game. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that is, I think, you know, pros, cons for both. It's just a different format and both are lovely in their uses. I, th I think we came up with a lot of stories in our playing of this game, but I think that's beyond even what the scope of it is mm -hmm. intended to be. I think that we just got so in depth with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, the ground itself is itself a, comple a completed story. And this is like, can be background for story or can be a complete story um, based on how we played it. I think also with this, like one of the reasons why, like you, Emma, I think I also connected with the idea of wanting to play a game in the context that we created a little bit more, because I think there's something to be said about the connection you can have with characters versus the connection you can have with a place. 
Uh, and the fact that I think not only are we cre uh, creating the characters ourselves, we're sharing that creation with the friends, similar to how we share the creation of the world with, um, with, with you know, friends in the ground itself. But with this, it's like we're creating these people that we share with, you know, people we care about, not y'all friends, but also creating, you know, these characters that we create about and have ideas for how we want them to continue, you know? I think, and I'm, listeners, I'll say it again, mostly just a player. That's just how my brain's oriented um, and not super experienced with all these different modules. So like this and Ground itself has been the first time I've played something where like role-playing as the character maybe isn't part of the game, which was like, like, I didn't know that was, you know, <laughs> an option. <laughs> um, but I feel like what I got with the Ground itself were moments of catharsis where there was this like, a story that was happening and because I'm not familiar with single unique power, I found myself by the time we're getting to the end of characters, I was like, well, what's next? Like, yeah. where are we going? And then what Anish really connects with and likes, which is that you have to decide that the game's over here in, you know, at least in terms of the rule book. And I was a little like, I don't know. I think I enjoyed the experience of the ground itself more. Cause I felt like I got to contribute to this, it just felt like more of a catharsis. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I was getting at of this feels like more of a setup game and a really useful, yeah. fun setup yeah. game. Whereas the ground itself, I, I don't that that felt like a complete story to me. I don't know if that yeah. I need to do anything else in that world beyond, you know, a fun spin-off every now and then. Whereas this is like demanding to be answered. Yeah, I think for me, and also I'm sure it depends with the ground itself, whether you're telling a story that, you know, is a day long versus ours, which was years, several years. I can't remember how long it was, um, which I think changes it. But yeah, I totally agree. I think what uh, like my my thinking is the ground itself felt a lot more like we're this is the story of the place that we're creating, whereas uh, single unique power was creating the characters that their story hasn't really been told yet. And I think that's the difference for me. Yeah, and we can attest to that because as soon as we finished the game, we were like, we need to play in this world. Yeah, we we created all these characters, this unique setting with this crazy flavor, and I think that's sort of the purpose of the game. It's to get you excited about and excuse the pun, but a possible world, right? Yeah, I think that's what Tyler has set out to do with these games. And I think comparing two games are pretty useful to understand each other, but I think that sort of reaches an end point because at the end of the day, different games have different purposes. And yeah. this game in particular, it's to create some fun characters and set up a new reality that you could explore through a different way. I, wait, I missed the I also missed the pun. The possible possible world games is the name of Tyler's company. Oh, uh, thank that, you. That the, that and I'm right. There. Yeah, I was. Yes. I, I saw I saw the facial reactions, and I was like, yeah, I was I was I was I like, huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I um, saw and and I I saw you limestone gearing up to say something. I was like, I have to get in there and ask yeah, I was, before I was, anybody yeah. else. I was like, huh? What? I okay. promise I'm funny. I promise no. you are funny. <laughs> in terms of comparing. Uh, when it comes to comparing single unique power and uh, the ground itself, I think we really are comparing apples and oranges there. Mm -hmm. I feel like the the biggest reason we're compelled to compare them is because we've only done uh, 
we've done so few episodes of this podcast so far. If we had done, you know, this for years, we would have played a bunch of world building and setting building games by this point. And if we were a lot more familiar with that concept, we would like recognize them as much more distinct entities. But since we're so, you know, we've yeah. only done two. Yeah. Well, I also think, uh, yes, apples to oranges, both are such fun storytelling tools for different types of stories. But since we're talking about how mechanics affect storytelling, I think it's super cool to mm -hmm. to have that as a, a recent you know arc that we did. Especially something I wanted to just touch upon was in the ground itself, and this goes back to you know kind of open world versus closed story that you're creating, and both incredibly valuable to have. There are moments of role play. But none, there's no role play in single unique power. You know, you can have those yeah. moments, but the the once statements are the closest you get to role playing, and they're just and they're all the past. They're one sentence, all the past. And I thought that was that was fun. Um, I think it's a challenge for players that are used to doing heavy role play, and I think that it can be really nice for people who have not done any role play to get those gears going. Like I, there's a I've seen some debates right now about like, oh, I don't like playing with people who when they're in character, not in character, but, you know, talking in D&D &D say, well, I tell them the details of this conversation I had before. It's like, no, say the whole thing out loud. And that can be really intimidating for people. So I like the idea of like, you don't have to say word for word what you're doing. You can write a story without having to do that. And I think that was an intention Tyler had in creating the sets of games that he has created for uh, for his business. Like, he wanted them to be as easily accessible, especially for people, like, who don't play RPGs that often. And what I like about our podcast, I'm realizing so far, is that despite loving role-playing games, um, I haven't explored a bunch of them. And mm -hmm. this game really challenged me um, in its limitations. Mm -hmm. um, because I did want to role-play and I wanted to tell stories about these characters, but it, it set these guidelines um, where one person was in charge of coming up with the power or the uh, personality or the undoing, or you had to give away mm. a creation you had. Like, oh, dear, my baby. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, it, it's a real... I got all the Tories. Practice. They're all mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was a real practice of detachment. And I think if you want to understand or practice collaboration in a setting, I think this game is really good at it, especially yeah. creatively, because you you have to let some ideas go. And then when you let them go, you can either be completely surprised by what uh, comes out um, or just practice a little bit of detachment. Um, because yeah. at some point, you got to move on. <laughs> you got to yeah. tell the stories. That is exactly what I wanted to talk about to uh, next because I had in mind, um, I was thinking of both when we played the ground itself and I was also thinking of another example I've cited earlier, which was the Adventure Zone where they played um, the, quiet year. the Quiet Year to set up their world. When I was, uh, when, I, when we were playing the ground itself and when I was listening to the McElroys play uh, the Quiet Year, I noticed that people tended to drift back to certain plot lines or events or like through lines that they had started that they were more interested in like um for example I mean, whether it was intentional or not i think that you anish 
you talked a lot about the theater and an improv stuff and, and you would come back to that. Mushrooms. I would go back to the mushrooms. <laughs> Aubrey talked a lot about the gods. You know, it, we, we all talked about the things and like even on questions that weren't necessarily relevant to that initially, we found ways to do it because that's what mm. interested, uh, interested, interested us. And when I listened to the, the Adventure Zone with um, The Quiet Year, you see one player is having the character or the creation of these coral reef people. And one character or one character focuses on this uh, shark fighting school. Like <laughs> they, they, they focused on the specific things in the same way. And then when they played in that setting, they all played characters that were relevant to the things that they ended up creating, whether it was intentional or not. I thought it was really cool to see how, how people latched onto that stuff. And in this game, you can't like you just don't because yeah. you're going to you're going to have to come up with with shit for something you never thought of. You were like, I don't care about this other character. And now I have to create five once statements about them. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Michael gets to create my best friend. I, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's it definitely talking about Anish, you know, you saying like talking about the restrictions uh, with it and. Uh, one of the things I liked about it, and, and this is just it, interesting, reminded me of um, all like screenwriting and like writing classes I had where, you know, we'd have these prompts where you're forced to write something without dialogue or forced to write something in like these very strict confines. And for me, it's it's always interesting, I think, because if 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 you just like look at me and say, come up with a plot, like come up with an idea, I can't come up with anything. But I think by forcing us to start with the basic sparks where it's like the random words we select and then coming up with stuff based on that and then kind of being forced in these narrow confines, I really enjoyed like the the way in which sometimes, I mean, it was definitely hard because like if you had a character, you had to continue on for so long, but being able to pass something away Sometimes was nice because I'm like I have no idea what I'm going to do with this, and being forced to like give it away. Although, I just received everything. Um, I, I think it's also good that as you pass it away, you get to collaborate with the person yeah. you're passing to because then, I like that like, a lot. You, you, you get to off. you get to say a little a little tiny bit of a goodbye to them for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless you're Anish and Michael passing them back and forth constantly. That was yep. I like that a lot. That being yeah. said, I do have a question for y'all because at some point. Uh, I could feel maybe it's just my ego and stuff, but like I could feel myself getting like frustrated because like these confines of like only you are in charge of coming up with this idea or like you have to collaborate with this person or uh, regardless. Right. I I wanted to hear everybody's thoughts because I'm an indecisive person <laughs> mm. and I wanted everybody to contribute together. Did anybody feel frustrated by the limitations? at times. Tori, you go I, you go ahead. And then I have a follow-up. I, I think I felt frustrated for the opposite, where I was like, oh, that's what I was going to say. Right, oh, where really? I was like, well, I had an idea about this, but I don't <laughs> have it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I would almost get frustrated at how collaborative it was sometimes, which most likely reflects on me more so than anything else. <laughs> um, because these like tenets of the theater, especially with improv, you really have to welcome every suggestion with love and excitement and curiosity because that's where creativity feels safe to like flourish. If you open up the possibility of, well, that was a bad idea. Then our, our you know. 50 pounds? 50 pounds? <laughs> um, uh, anyway, like to establish um, 
that like right side of the brain to feel safe to like come up with those rapid fire ideas. You have to convince it that it's okay to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually, sorry, Elle, you have to cut around this. Ray Dooley, if you included <laughs> listeners, this is my absolute mentor and someone I'm just in awe of. The way he established, um, I think it was the principle of being in connection with the audience. He comes out and he says, he's talking about this money that he lost. He says, 1,000 pounds. So when you said 50 pounds, I thought y'all were referring to Ray Dooley. <laughs> His point was he was telling them how much he was upset, but it needed to be, what do you think? You know, 10,000 pounds. Are you hearing that? That's how much I lost. End of that, whatever. Uh, Emma, how was your frustration? My frustration, uh, I, I wasn't frustrated necessarily. I think maybe... I just felt the opposite of I really thought it was a gift that you couldn't get too involved with anyone because I I think that this game demands that you not be precious with any of the characters. Yeah. That, yeah, 100%. it is a it is a game. We are creating you can't like you don't know what's going to happen to them once they tripped over a rock and fell off a cliff and died. You know, like anyone could do anything to any of your guys. We're rapid fire. We're just doing this like- And you gotta let them. You gotta yeah. let them. It's 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 going. And I thought that that, um, that lack of preciousness of like anyone can say anything, which means you can say anything. And like, it's not, there's less pressure to say the right thing. Well, I think there's a certain, um caveat i'll say to that because uh when like i don't think you can say anything you want because we do have lines and veils so mm. we had fun with that during the game uh itself so like i think there are unspoken rules whenever you jump into uh a collaborative you know gameplay sort of situation um but i think marrying that with the rules itself as well was interesting to um to play with anything can happen within the confines of the the boundaries that you're setting so Uh, maybe not to the extent of that but like maybe this character like characters turned evil or had redemption arcs that we weren't expecting to and if you were and that might not have been the story you wanted to tell for that character but it happened it has like the randomness of life you know like things happen because things happen all the time i think one of the things uh you know, talking about it that I think is interesting is for me, like talking about like improv or whatever, like for me, the way I approached it when I was initially thinking of it was not as like, because like not as improv, not as like role playing, more as like, like just like a conversation, like a writer's room type mm-hmm. thing. Because that's how it felt for me, mm-hmm. which I, I think is like interesting um, because, you know, we were talking earlier about like ground itself, this, some other stuff. Like before Ground itself, I hadn't really played, um, you know, that kind of like a world building game. You know, I'd done like writers, like writers room, like, you know, round circles for like discussing like plots and like building characters and like stories and that. And so I think that's for this specifically, it reminded me so much of like class and like those kind of like constructive like meetings with friends that that's kind of how I thought of it. You just reminded me of the fact that when we were writing for, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, our uh, sketch show that we did in college Look uh, us for, up. for Skits and Giggles. Link in the, yeah, put the link in the description. <laughs> when, when, when we were writing some episodes, <laughs> we were trying to come up with ideas. 
We were trying to come up with ideas. It's, and we it's literally really like sentimental getting choked. <laughs> <to> give <my laughs> <laughs> Best thing we ever did. Um, we were trying to come up with Peak. ideas, but we literally were out of them. So we were like, everybody just pull up a random word generator and put two different words together and like, like meatball. I can't think of another word. <laughs> meatball. Mailman. Meatball mailman. I already have. 20 sketches. Exactly. So we would just put things together and that would generate our day. That's what, that's what this game a, feels like a, a it's lot. It's a mailman carrying a package and spaghetti sauce is leaking out of it. That's that's it. That's Send it. It's like, wait, I, I mentioned that it was Mad Libs. I have a feeling that I don't know what Mad Libs is. It's a, it's kind of Mad Libs. Tori and Nick got me in Mad Libs, um, got us a yeah. Mad Libs D&D thing. Like you the fill D &D, in right? words mm. and then it completes the story. Blanks. Um, yeah. Like, give it, me a noun, give yeah. me an adjective. It's they like the crazy. blank dragon adjective. Oh, they went, that's definitely not what I meant. It was absolutely like a headliner if you were a child on a road trip, I feel. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. like peak Mad Libs, this is hilarious. Um, okay, it, I take that statement back. It went uh -huh. really crazy, or, or sorry, it, um, it reminded me, and I think that this is a better way to describe what I was trying to describe before. Mm. <laughs> of when you have to tell a collaborative story where one person is doing one word at a time, you know? Yes. And what I, what I liked about it, and this I think is what I was trying to get at, is you can't have your next word in your head ahead of time. You don't know you where can. it's going to go. Yeah. So like definitely staying within, you know, like vetoes and everybody's on board for what's happening, but you don't have personal control over what's happening. You mean like the improv game? Is that what you're talking about? It's also yeah. just, a, it's not just, I guess it is an improv game, but like you play it in third grade. It's not well, like yes, you have to be and... a trained <laughs> improv person to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would make sense with this having roots in improv games as well, considering mm -hmm. um, Tyler's experience. Um, a, a thought that I had, uh, I, we, we talked briefly about how, I mean, we've, we've talked extensively outside of this this episode about uh, possibly expanding on the world in an actual game, like in a, in a different role-playing game. Um, well, a thought that I had while we were playing it is I think that any single one of, uh, this kind of ties into to how we all had our ideas but couldn't really execute them. I think that any any one of us could GM a game in this. I think legitimate, and it would look entirely different. We should do that. I think that I think that we all had so many of our own unique ideas, regardless of our GMing experience. I think that we could all do it and <gasps> like have plenty to go off of already. Masks multiverse. Please. Five different I'm, versions. Uh, <laughs> I'm begging. That's I'm begging for it to happen. But yeah, we're we're um, definitely we we talked. We're probably going to end up returning to this. Mm. I, I'm not sure what the best system would be. Masks seems good, but I, I did look into it. It seems kind of setting specific, but I think you can just. Play I think you that. can hack masks. Mm -hmm. Masks yeah. is for those who don't know, uh, basically a quintessential teen superhero role playing game, very specifically focused on teenagers in that world, and if. Y'all missed the last episode. We had a couple of those. So mm -hmm. I think yes. we could definitely bring those characters to life, make new ones in this setting, which is so cool, by the way. Can we talk about shells? Right. Also, not to, you know, doot doot my own horn too much. Shell was my spark. I okay, well, <laughs> I drew the card. <laughs> <laughs> and you argued for it. Also Why did, okay, 
I had this dream. I had this conversation in a dream two weeks ago of me saying that was my spark and Tori saying I drew the card. Is that you having deja vu? Yes, but I remembered the dream and thinking, when's that going to come up? So, You're an oracle. I, yeah. Right. Are you telling us you had a prophecy? Did, did <laughs> I, had a pro- inter- I had a prophetic that's your power, dream. Bud. That's my, my single unique power is occasionally I get dreams where I, I <laughs> predict our podcast moments. <laughs> specifically podcast yeah. moments unfortunately Terrible i could not predict that anish did not know the definition of the word consummate uh, <laughs> you know the thing is i don't think i'm including that section in the episode so no people are just gonna have to not know what the context of that is yeah. um <laughs> oh dear. I, I i think that, <laughs> i think also the shells thing encapsulates this game so perfectly because when you guys started discussing you were so set on emotion or that other one. Like emotion was had mine. A whole world created for emotion. And then like you had another world created for music. Maybe not one as much for clothing, but like you had so many solid now. ideas until you were like, I guess we'll do shells, the last one on the list. I really didn't think I, I thought you guys would go with emotion. And I was looking at the list and I was like, hmm, they didn't talk about shells at all. Shells seems kind of cool. And then you guys did. No, what happened what happened was Anish, in the way you always do, is like, let's check out this other thing. Um I wanted to touch on, and I'm not, I feel like Anish, you might've done this in the past, but I don't know. So maybe you can touch on this. I have not formal, formally played a world building game at the start of a campaign. However, after listening to the McElroy's Quiet Year, I used a similar setup, just less formal for a start of a campaign where we did a map building exercise together. And I just wanted to say, and I, we can talk about this when we, you know, talk to him, but you can let go of anything that doesn't serve you if you are using this as the start of a game. Like if I was doing this to build characters, which we may use these characters and that would be fine, but I might like end right before factions and then figure that myself as, as a DM or like when, for the ground itself, I think that's so cool. And my my only issue with playing it as the start of a campaign would be how whole the story is. So I might only do like one round and then cut it off. Like you are the master of your own destiny. And I think game designers generally have a pretty good attitude about that yeah. sort of thing. Like to design games, you have to more, more than likely have cut apart and reassembled different other RPGs before for their own ideas so i i I love that part of the game design spirit which is take it as you will and make of it what you can um for this i would completely agree with you if i were using it to set up a world which i really want to do i want to play a long-term masks Mm. campaign um i would split it up because in the masks rpg itself it has different generations of heroes i would totally make character creation specifically focused on creating different decades of heroes that's fun you can you can take it as you will and i think the this game is such a blank slate in its mechanics even like all all it is is just improv it's it's you get one word uh to base a scene around and then you keep creating stuff um I don't know. We we even did create generations, honestly, yeah. which was impressive. We didn't seek it, set out to do it, but we did. We did. Um, and I also think that the factions thing, like in our case, the factions were pretty. I feel like clear cut before we got into the factions. Yeah, we got because we talked so much about it. But I do think that it's good to have that as an option, regardless, 
for, for groups that, you know, like, like Tyler wrote, this is for everyone, including oh, people yeah. who haven't played like it, like us getting so in depth with things. There might be people who haven't even thought about the allegiances of their characters when they get that far. So I think that, and I, 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 I totally agree that we did not really like us as a group didn't really need the factions because when I was sitting there and they were getting divided, I was so relieved when, um, or the characters the Miranda and one. Drip yeah, Miranda. were separate factions. I was so worried that they would be in the same faction because it was like random. And I was like, no, that we, we know they can't be in those factions. Yeah. In the same faction because they're the like. Although that is kind of interesting. It would be interesting. Especially in the same faction, like invisible, kind yeah. of a yin yang moment. Drip and yeah. rubble too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So whatever makes the most interesting narrative to, in summary. Just since we were talking about factions, I don't know if. We're looking for more questions, but I didn't know if y'all felt more aligned to Mothers of Pearl or the Invisible Hand. Hmm. Yeah. I like uh, the Invisible Hand. I think I think we made some cool freaking villains. Do you mean aligned like in what we like our beliefs? What you want to play? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, a little what bit do of you both. Stand because Invisible Hand, we've got like uh, uh, Cynthia, elastic powers, Drip, who can breathe underwater, feels very wronged by the whole shell universe. Kermit the Amoeba. And Kermit's parent, parent Lila Frog, who's got the tongue. I just think these these characters ended up uh, being so much more connected than I thought, and I love the idea of this this greedy, incredibly like jaded villain who has a really mundane power that gathers mm-hmm. these crazy group of people that feels jilted by the world and for some reason one of them is also just a teenager that is stuck in a pretzel and it was so poetic that drip spent their life going underwater to find shells and finally getting one and the power is to breathe underwater underwater. (laughs) i was i was whoever came up with that yeah trio of um the youths well, no uh, the trio of the that and the adults just Mm. the the trio of drip Miranda and um, even Aiden, because it seemed like both Aiden and the noble mm-hmm. and um, and Miranda could serve as potential foils to Drip. Like it seemed like maybe they don't have a trio as a thing, but like both of them, a- a- Aiden at first seemed like they'd be a protagonist, mm-hmm. but then kind of was like older, and so now seems like an older character, like a mentor, like a mentor or something like that. And then the sa- same situation with um. Miranda with Miranda and then it's just cool to have those like these three people like maybe they had a past as a trio themselves oh. my, my brain is going in so many directions to follow the 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 yes and the improv the collective ownership of or or lack of ownership of any of these ideas I almost want to and I feel like it's boo boo throwing tomatoes at this idea half of my brain is doing that but of of randomly selecting who we play as of like picking a group that we'd be willing to use as player characters and then it's like you get who you get whoa maybe i'm open to that i uh, yeah meh another meh from my yeah. no but yeah part of me is like <laughs> what? Yeah, but I want as long as i don't get the one with 50 pounds <laughs> We are dogging you. We don't actually. I do think, uh, like, talking about, like, what you're saying about group ownership, uh, one of the, and and also, like, claiming stuff for yourself. About drip ownership? Group. group. I thought you said drip ownership. Well. We have group ownership of drip. Yeah. (laughs) Although, who has the, uh, no. um, 
Uh, but uh, I think it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, you have the most lines, yes, no. that you wrote. No, but um, <laughs> but one of the things I was going to say is interesting, like uh, talking about like what you were saying earlier, Tori, about like you know, oh, you're just wanting to like claim on to your own stuff. Uh, and I think, I think it's interesting how you know as we transition to different characters, how, like for instance, when I got Rubble from a niche, I had already written a lot this on. This is Aiden, the prince who builds yeah, with shells. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, thank you. Um. Yeah, when I got uh, when I got Aiden, I wa I I was I was like, okay, how can I tie him into Drip, who I'm, I'm also working on at the moment? And so, like, that's where I was like, oh, caught blood stealing, like, caught you know him stealing food. So that's how they're connected. So it's like, how do I connect him to my other things? And I think a lot of a lot of the things we have in here with the different characters. Uh, as you know, people would like grab onto you know something someone else was working. They'd like connect it to one of their other things they're working on at the same time, and I think that's interesting. Just thinking about Aiden and Drip, because we had as a once Drip was caught stealing food, and then later Aiden is also oh, stealing food. Yes, and I remember that little voice in my head was like, uh, "Excuse me, excuse me, we already said that." Aiden turned dripping, but then I was like, well, there's instances all the time of like, if somebody's guilty of something being extra critical yeah. or, or I don't know, maybe they were stealing together I and the like vibe, Aiden threw I, drip under the, you know. Yeah. I got the, the vibes that while Aiden was still a noble, yeah. he turned drip in and then he got put out on the street. He was forced to recognize And was like, condition. oh, shoot. Yeah, and I, that I was like, wow. That's that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking when I said cotton blood stealing food. That he was a noble. Um, I think different groups will play this game completely different. Um, I our our tendency to fully explore ideas as a group may have made this game a little longer than a different group could have played it. And I also think that the character creation could have been like like those those one statements those superpowers especially the naming that takes a lot of brain power and I, I could see a different group taking it much less like seriously. And they didn't even have to connect different characters together with their one statements. They could just make different characters with different powers. Um, and that's no judgment on other groups and no judgment on our group as well. It's just, there's so much variation that comes with the people specifically who play this game together and i think that speaks to the power that one creative voice has in a group the, of people the single unique power mm. i a think also the die the die rolls because like with um like what we had with the ground itself like ground itself could have been over way earlier than we did we just kept drawing cards in the i think the last card was the card that was supposed to end it technically um whereas it could have been done way way sooner with this too like if we had rolled differently rolled sixes a lot earlier than kept rolling threes and ones to continue the characters no we just kept giving our cards to you unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> well we'll we'll get to hear some some uh insight straight from the creator uh after this we're, we're gonna take a quick break but we're gonna come back with uh with tyler uh mm -hmm. to hopefully ask some questions and and learn a bit more about the game and the development of the game so Please stay tuned. Hello, 
it is uh, just me here, and you may be confused as to why you're just hearing me and why we're not cutting straight to the interview like we said we would, but it's because we had such a great discussion with Tyler that we wanted to make it its own episode, separate from the game episode. So it'll be kind of read, play, game, interview. So we will be releasing that next week instead of skipping the last week of February like we said we would do going forward. We also had a very lengthy and excited discussion uh, after we recorded this game episode that, I, that I've edited out here for your sake, uh, where we decided that we are just so eager to explore the characters and world we'd made further, so we're going to choose the next arc instead of uh, rolling like we usually might. We are going to be releasing not just a one-shot, but a full mini-arc that takes place in this setting using the Masks RPG system. We talked about it briefly in the game episode, uh, but we just continued to talk about it and really, really liked the idea. Uh, Anish will be GMing it, uh, and the four of us will be playing, but it'll follow the same general structure as previous games we've done. It'll just be like three to five play episodes instead of the usual one, but we'll still have the read and the game parts. We did some pretty cool stuff with this next arc, uh, and we're really excited to share it with you, so look forward to that in March. But for now, we've still got plenty more to talk about with Tyler, so stay tuned next week for the full interview, which we'll be releasing both on the podcast and on YouTube. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you on another side of the table.